This is a unique podcast exploring the criminal justice system and those involved and affected. We'll educate and expose the public as well as potential jurors to what takes place behind the scenes of those who are facing the system. Your host owns a litigation support firm called Justice Technology Professionals, and he works on criminal and civil cases offering support to defendants and counsel. What you're about to hear is an open dialogue opening the minds to the public to what takes place in reality as opposed to what you think takes place ladies and gentlemen welcome to the justice tech pros podcast here's your host dominic crea hello listeners hope everybody's doing well I'm using my new microphone, so I'm hoping that I'm coming in a lot uh, louder than I was maybe on the previous episode. I noticed it started just uh, getting really low and I had a hard time matching up the decibels and I realized it was just the uh, the mic that had its, uh, had its run. So I had to upgrade. I posted on the community tab the kind of mic I'm using now, which is a Shure MV7, I believe it is. And so far, I'm very happy with it. Any feedback, I'd appreciate in the comments if uh, I'm coming through loud and clear. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. I've touched on this many times, but never in depth. Um, I always share my position and my opinion on those who platform lying informants. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit because uh, I I know I'm going to be getting a lot more Uh, contact or feedback, whatever you want to call it, as I start posting more and more clips from those who do platform the lying informants. And the purpose of that is I want to just show a lot of these who, uh, a lot of those who platform uh, an informant, they try to always say, oh, you know, I'm fair, I'm I'm unbalanced, everyone could have an opportunity to come on and refute what they're saying. Now, that all sounds really good in theory, and it sounds politically correct, and it sounds like, you know, oh, well, he's giving everybody a chance. But you have to look at the reality of it. Now, the reality of the statement is it's just not true. Um, You'll notice a lot of these uh, podcasters, especially on the smaller channels, not so much the large channels where they interview different people, but on the smaller channels, they're not just there to interview if you watch the dynamic and you notice the relationship, it's a lot more than just a podcast host and a guest relationship. A lot of these smaller channels uh, befriend these informants. They team up with them. They do partnerships um, where they're on repeatedly different segments, different episodes where they'll have the same informant on back to back to back. And they always say, oh, well, I'll have somebody else from the other side to come on and and refute or to make anything clear. Again, that sounds great, but the reality of the situation is a lot of the people these informants are talking about are um, from their former lives. It may be a defendant, maybe defendant's family, maybe somebody in their life, an ex or a family member that they're insulting and they're abusing. And people are not comfortable coming online on a public space and airing out their personal Uh, gripes. So an informant may come on and rip somebody to shreds and the host may say, well, the person's allowed to come back and refute it all they want, but that's not a reality because you're dealing with different personalities, you're different, different types of people. Some people just are not comfortable 
fighting in public or responding in public. Public. So what's the result of that? They have to sit there and endure the abuse. And that's why I created my channel, and that's why I came up with We Push Back, because people shouldn't have to endure it. Even if they are shy and they're not uh, crazy about confrontation, I want to be the vehicle to allow that to happen. So I I've always um, said it, and I'll keep saying it, for those who may not be comfortable, if there is information being spread at your behalf by one of these lying informants, uh, you have car blanche as far as reaching out to me, as far as if you want to be on an episode um, and talk about it, if you want to just write a letter for me to read, I'm at your disposal as far as that goes. Now, with that said, I'll always also do my due diligence on whoever comes to me and just make sure, you know, I'm not going to platform somebody who has a problem with a lying informant, but yet they're hanging out with all lying informants. It doesn't work that way. You know, I, there's certain uh, tests that I need to satisfy myself, whereas I'm comfortable uh, platforming the person in question. And I see that far too often. I see people one day, they hate an informant. Next day, they're buddies with them. They're on phone calls with them. They're on phone calls with friends of informants. I don't know, folks. For me, it, it, I find it amazing. A lot of people act confused. They'll be like, oh, I didn't know not to go on this show, not to go on that show. For me, it's very simple. I don't, I don't need any feedback on that. I know exactly who's who and what's what. And if I don't, I take some time and I research and learn about it before I commit to somebody or before I entertain somebody. I want to know what they're all about. I want to know where they stand. But too often, and it was a mistake I made <clears throat> at the beginning where I would believe people at their word and they would tell me they believed a certain way and they weren't comfortable with certain things, but yet their actions don't line up with that. And for me, I'm sorry, folks, I'm all about action. I'm not about, uh, I'm not from the world of, you know, um, somebody could tell you one thing and that's all that matters. Whatever they tell me matters. But if their actions are in uh, complete contrast of what they're telling me, I'm going to overlook it. Uh, whether it's a fault or an attribute, I don't know. But I don't overlook that kind of stuff. I look at somebody's conduct. And if I think somebody's two-faced or, or um, not a good person, not somebody I want to be around, I just have nothing to do with them. And it makes me question those who maybe have a relationship with somebody of, of that type of character. It's just not for me, and it's nothing against the person. We all have all different meters on what's acceptable and what's not, but I'm just the type, if I see it, I just really want nothing to do with it. I'm not going to try to convince anybody somebody's bad or try to have them hear my argument. I, I just don't care. Things are clear as day to me. I, I don't need to have a debate on it. If we view things differently, so be it. There's nothing wrong in that. That's how it goes. But I'm the type, then I just I recalculate. Um, the situation, I uh, I try to weigh all the people involved, and then I try to see who's who's worth keeping relationship, who's real, who's fake, who's two faced, and I try to weed it out accordingly. And on on uh, YouTube or any social media, obviously that's not easy to do because you can't sit down with somebody, have a conversation, and really understand who they are. You have to somewhat have faith in what they're saying. But there's nothing wrong with having faith. But you have to be cautious. You have to, there's nothing wrong with trusting what somebody's telling you is accurate, but be cautious, cautious and uh, verify. Trust and verify. That's my philosophy. I will trust you, but I need to verify certain things. And um, so that, I, I really want to touch on to the whole platforming thing because 
I know it's going to create a lot of waves. I've already uh, saw it did create some waves with the first clip I posted with an informant and a, uh, a podcast who platforms all these different informants. Uh, that's pretty much what they're known for. They just have a lot of shows dedicated to informants. So I, I, I knew I'd get some uh, people not too crazy about that. But here's the bottom line. I really don't care. I don't care who likes it, who don't like it. I, I'm posting things that were made public. I'm posting clips of, of um, segments of channels who platform informants. And I want the public to see how the co-host or how the host sits idle and allows different informants to use their platform to do nothing more than lie, slander, abuse, insult, and threaten. That's all they're using it for. And, and I just find that amazing that hosts don't jump in once in a while and say, hey, hey, that's a personal issue. That's really not something uh, we should be discussing. Let's talk about X, Y, and Z. They never stop them. They always want to hear the dirt. Um, the, the clip I posted, for an example, was a, an informant talking about his ex and talking about her in not so nice way. And trust me, that was tame. I didn't release certain parts because I try to be sensitive to those affected and I try to keep out certain parts that maybe be uh, cut a little deeper than other parts. So I, I, I think it's important to see the behavior and the conduct of those who platform the informants and really watch what they're about. They could tell you that they're fair and impartial. That all sounds great, but watch their actions. You can't be that fair and impartial when you're hanging out with your guests, when you're going on trips with your guests, when you're inviting your guests to your home, to me, that's much more than professional. That's where you cross the line to personal. And that's fine. It is what it is. But don't paint it under the guise that you're fair and impartial because that's not accurate at all. That's not accurate at all. Uh, that, you're obviously forming relationship with your guests and you're entitled to it. But don't pass it off uh, as something that it isn't. Uh, what that means is when you're bonding with the guests and you're forming a friendship... You're giving them right or refusal to uh, really um, use your platform in any way they seem, see or deem fit, uh, regardless of who's impacted by that. So I'm going to be focusing, and, and you know, people will, will tell me, well, Dom, why do you blame the platform or why do you blame the host? And I understand that argument. I'm not ignorant to it. I get it. People are trying to say, well, they're just a host. They're just doing their show. And listen... Uh, because of maybe my experiences, I'm just always going to look at that differently. That's just life, and I recognize that. But I do try to see the forest through the trees, and I do try to give the benefit of the doubt and understand the interview. For example, when Barbara Walters like interviewed Sammy Govano, these big-time interviews, they're not building relationships. They have them on there, they're talking about stories, and they move on to the next guest. Do I agree with that? No. For me, in an ideal world, these informants wouldn't get any uh, any airtime on any level. But that's not the real world. So it is what it is. You got to make the best of it. And that's kind of what I did is I saw these informants on all these different platforms and I wanted to figure out a way how to help people by their words. And that's what my office has been doing. And we've been successful in a lot of ways with a lot of different defense teams who I've never met before have been reaching out to me for a lot of my material to help their clients, some in upcoming cases, some in appeals, things of that nature. And that's what I always try to do. I did an episode, uh, Lemons into Lemonade. It's like the same type of concept. 
you, you get hit with something that you're not crazy about. How can you use that to your advantage or how can you use that in a positive way? And that's why, in my opinion, we push back is so important. I'm using examples. I'm using citations. Now I'm doing courts in session on JTP channel where I'm, I'm having transcripts read to really highlight the purpose and the focus of my podcast and the material I want to get out. And all of those things come together to give the public <clears throat> a better understanding of what goes on and who uh, these lying informants truly are at their core. And um, as I always say, I don't force people to think my way. I don't tell people don't watch informants. I actually want the opposite. I want people to watch everything. Watch my show, watch the informant show, then draw your conclusion. I'm appealing to the public. The public, I don't know, I don't, obviously you don't know when you're on a, uh, on a network such as this or a format such as this, you don't know who you're reaching and you don't know what their philosophy is and their ideology. So I try to just lay out all the facts, give my uh, opinion on it, uh, put my spin on things, and then I recommend for the listeners to go and listen to other podcasts of a similar nature. If I'm talking about a specific informant, go listen to that informant. Then draw the conclusion for yourself. And I've had so many emails and comments and even phone calls that my staff have, has uh, fielded, whereas people tell me that they started off one way, where they believed everything out of the informant, they wanted to deal with the informants, um, they were good people, blah, 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 whatever it may be, and as time went on and they digested the material, they absorbed my content, now they have a little bit of a different opinion on the subject, and that's the goal, just to show all the facts so people could make an educated decision and not a one-sided decision because they're only here in one point one uh, perspective of the argument. It's vital to get them as many perspectives and as much information as you can so then they could make a more rational determination and not a knee-jerk reaction. And what I find funny with a lot of these uh, content creators who do platform informants is they have no self-awareness. And let me explore that a bit. A lot of these content creators, if you look at their episodes where they are... Um, where they have an episode with an informant on, they'll use other people's images in their in their thumbnails. They'll use somebody's father, somebody's uncle, somebody's brother, and they'll put that in the thumbnail, they'll put that up. And I notice a lot of these podcasters, they're always concerned if you pull a clip from their channel. They're always concerned, oh, did you get my permission to pull that clip? Uh, you need my permission to use that clip? Well, I'll tell you what. Are you getting permission from the defendants to use their image in your thumbnail? Are you getting permission from the family members to discuss that defendant? Are you getting permission from the people that may be the topic of interest on the podcast that are getting abused, insult, insulted, and threatened? Are you getting all of that permission before you're worried about somebody grabbing a clip that you publicly aired on different formats, platforms, thousands of people viewed it, and if, if somebody's using a clip to highlight that, you want to then be concerned that somebody's using your clip without permission? Well, you should have thought about all those things before you decided to do what you do. That's how I look at it. If you're going to take the road of using images, discussing people, platforming somebody who's just going to lie about, uh, about individuals and spread tales and you're not going to um, keep them on track and you're going to allow them to abuse exes and abuse this one, um, what I gave folks was just a little taste of what goes on. I have 
thousands, and no exaggeration, thousands of episodes from all different informants and all those who, po- who platform them. And there's a lot of clips where these hosts are right in the mix getting involved. And that's why, you know, um, if I get a copyright strike or I get something based on that, I actually look forward to fighting that because people think all oh, fair use and they think they could define it. They don't understand. Fair use has nothing to do with YouTube. Fair use is a legal term and it's on a case by case basis. And what I like about that is that means you have the the opportunity to argue your case. And that would be one of the first things I would do is I would show how these content creators who are claiming their materials being used, I would show the topics that they're including in their podcast. I would show how they're talking about people, how they're showing images of people, how they're putting people's names in the titles, how they're hashtagging people. Uh, that's what I would show uh, to, to as part of my as part of my defense on that issue. So um, again, you know, for me, I don't look at it as a negative thing. If I'm challenged to prove that my content, is fair use. I, I I welcome that challenge. It is what it is. That's you can't come on YouTube and expect not to get people in opposition to what you're putting out. So I was fully aware of that from day one. And when the day comes, I'll be fully prepared to give my argument and give my basis. But I do find it quite ironic and quite hypocritical that if if some of their materials used they get very concerned that they own the material. Okay, that's great. You own it. Well, the defendants you're talking about, they own their image. The people you're talking about, they own their reputation. And they don't want strangers that they don't know or that they may have known trying to destroy that. I had a gentleman on, Bill Fenton. He was a business associate of long former John Panisi. He had a lot to say. John has been uh, slandering him and his business. You can't just do those things without expecting some kind of repercussion. And and that, honestly, in my opinion, they all got very comfortable without any kind of pushback for far too long. They've been running, all these lying informants been running on every platform, talking, 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 and nobody really did anything. They may have did it on a small, small scale with one or two informants that may have affected them personally or that they don't like, but nobody went, uh, on a full-scale approach where any uh, informant telling lies is going to be the subject uh, the subject of an episode or, or of a document on wepushback.com. This is all inclusive, all inclusive. It's all about getting the information and putting it out there. And that's why I wanted to roll out the courts in session segment because I could do a lot with that, and I'm going to do a lot with that. Right now, the next project I have in the queue is the cross-examination of informant Anthony Zaccalillo by defense attorney Anthony DiPietro. And Anthony DiPietro did a phenomenal job cross-examining that informant so well, in fact, that the jury dismissed that charge. They found the defendant not guilty. So we're, we're going to get into that. I'm going to play that next. But my point is, those are the types of things I want to explore. Um, I want to get transcripts from older cases with some of these informants that are on here where they were cross-examined and a lot of their lies were surfaced and exposed. I want to go really down that route of putting the listener in the courtroom, understanding what took place in the court so then they could have a feeling of what plays out and how things transpire. And little by little, I believe those projects are going to add um, engagement and a level of interactiveness on the podcast. 
And as always, it'll be available on all the different platforms. Uh, Justice Tech Pros Podcast is not just on YouTube. You just search Justice Tech Pros Podcast, and you can find it on a million different uh, platforms. Google Podcasts, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio. I could go on and on. And that's the power of having a podcast. You could put your word out there to counteract uh, whatever it is that you feel necessary. And in my position, um, my material focuses on helping jurors build a better education base as far as how trial works and things to be aware of, as well as the arm or the extension of We Push Back, which focuses more narrowly just on the lying informant aspect. But they both roll into one another to create a bigger picture and allow the viewer and the listener to understand all elements involved, not just one or two segments that maybe certain lying informants want you to hear or certain podcasts hope hosts want you to hear. That's why, again, I can't say it enough, it's vital that those listening not only listen to me, but they listen to maybe those I'm talking about or different podcasts and the Lying Informant podcast if I focus on one. It's just important to get a full full picture of what's going on and understand all different uh, ideologies and philosophies on the topic. This way, you as an individual could draw your own conclusion. And your conclusion will be based on material and information, not just on gut feeling or or initial interpretation. That's what's very important to me, and that's what I'm going to continue to focus on, bringing to the public things that they're not aware of. And and that's the best feedback I always get. I'll get commenters who tell me, "Uh, Dominic, uh, I wasn't aware of these things. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. That's when I know I'm doing my job. And, And it's not about the amount of views. It's not about the amount of subs. It's not about that. It's about hitting it as many different platforms as I can. And by getting the word out to as many people as I can, if I could just change a few people's mind or if I could just... And not change their mind based on me forcing my opinion on them. I want them to change their own mind. And I'll feel satisfaction that because of the information, they started to see the bigger picture and they grasped the concept. They understand, for the idiots out there and the morons, they'll say I'm on here defending bad guys or uh, things of that stupid nature. That tells me they haven't listened to one episode because I've never even made a remark close to that. It's not what it's about, even for the informants. I make it very well known. I don't like informants. I won't associate with informants. I won't associate with anybody who's friends with informants. That's who I am as a person. Uh, Things like that don't make sense to me. If you don't like informants, it doesn't make sense to me that you're going to be hanging out with people who do. I just can't relate to that. Am I right? I don't know. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I just personally can't relate to that. So that's how I navigate things. That's how I go about it. Now, just because that's my philosophy, I don't push that on my listeners. I I actually expect my listeners to listen to everybody, everybody I'm discussing, listen to whoever you want. So I don't force my way of thinking. I just let it known because that's just who I am. I don't uh, keep silent about what I believe strongly in. And uh, I may believe strongly in something. doesn't mean I'm forcing it, but I will be vocal about it because I don't want anybody getting any misinterpretation of of what I'm all about. I'm very clear on what I'm all about. And I don't need approval from people. I don't need people to agree with me. I'm totally fine standing uh, standing by myself on issues such as that. Because fortunately, when I say standing by myself, I may be standing by myself to a bunch of strangers on YouTube. That doesn't really matter to me. 
in my world, I, I don't stand alone <laughs> with my friends, with my family. We all have the same philosophy on important issues such as that. Now on YouTube, I've met a lot of people who, who do believe as I do and, and practice as I do. And at the same token, I've, I've met a lot of phonies who say they believe as I do, which is crazy to me. I don't know why anybody would say something they don't believe in. If you don't believe in it, there's nothing wrong in it. But I've had a lot of people try to tell me, oh, I believe a certain way, but their actions don't really match it. Um, one thing I've witnessed, which is always interesting, is I've seen um, some content creators where in the past they may have hosted lying informants and they may have been all about lying informants. More recently... Uh, they decided that wasn't the route for them. Uh, they realized, uh, I guess, through their experience, through their research, through information they've heard, maybe some of the information I put out, maybe things that they've experienced directly, for whatever reason it may be, they came to a conclusion that uh, they don't want anything to do with platforming or interacting with lying informants. And I always find those stories interesting and engaging. Uh, I, I believe the, the host should talk about that. The host should do an episode talking about why they changed, uh, what happened, because it's important for the public to know. It's important for the public to see the metamorphosis that may occur if you start out believing somebody maybe of a certain caliber or maybe somebody is, is really sorry for their past actions and you give them a shot and then you see that that's really not who they are. They're just trying to fool people with smoke and mirrors. I find those tales always interesting. I got a lot of emails from listeners along those lines, and I always find it engaging, and that's always welcome to me. I enjoy to see that. Um, you know, and, and I think that's all any of us could really do on these shows. What feels right? I see a lot of people who don't really know who they are. They're, they're doing things. They're saying things. They don't like informants or they like informants, and then they're going back and forth and back and forth. Sometimes people need time to see who they are, I guess, and to understand how to navigate. For me, I have a hard time relating to that because just because you're on YouTube, it should not change your inner beliefs. I'm just bringing my beliefs to YouTube. Now, when you're in a public space, you obviously want to alter, in my, the way I am anyway, you want to alter your behavior a little bit because you are appealing to the public and sometimes people may not get your sense of humor or your sarcasm or you don't want to use all kinds of foul language because trust me I i'm not a saint i i could go with the best of them best of them as far as uh, foul language i could come on here saying a lot of stuff and we're all different we all have a different approach i try i, I don't try to do that on my show only because uh the format uh, and also, I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of people I deal with. I, I just have a different nature about me. It's just a w different way of going about things. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just different. Uh, some people are more passionate. And that's, to me, I find it entertaining. I like the different styles. We're not all robots. So you may come to my channel and you see one approach where it's more streamlined. You may go to another channel and you may see a more approach that's more vocal. For me, that's what makes YouTube engaging and interesting. All different people, all different lifestyles, all different approaches. That's what keeps it interesting. Um, now, after the, uh, the change-up of We Push Back, where I, there's no longer members, it has nothing to do with members, it's just about the information on the site, it was also a good opportunity for myself to really see who believed in it and who didn't. I've seen a lot of people who maybe prior when they were part of it talking about we push back, uh, promoting it, um, 
following through on their beliefs by exhibiting behavior that falls in line with said beliefs. And then once I changed things about uh, around, a lot of that died for a lot of people. And I get it. It's, listen, I get it. People aren't always going to be as passionate as I am about certain things. And rightfully so. I'm in a different position. I have something else driving me that others don't. So my, my passion uh, is always pretty much at the same intensity level. And I recognize that others just may not feel that way. They may agree with the philosophy, but that's really not, not what their focus is. So I think by switching things around, it was the right move in many different facets, especially it allows creators to kind of just do what they want and to really see what their focus is and to really see what's important to them. And um, so, some content creators stayed the course. Some content creators have the passion that I have and they want to keep focusing on the uh, uh, lying informants and exposing them. And that's great. And there's even content creators that had nothing to do with we push back. I told you that was the advantage of just making it an informational hub. There may be channels <clears throat> that I have no idea about that I may come across that fall in line with the message I want to get out there and they'll be included on the website. So it allowed me freedom to make certain moves that would push, we push back in a better direction, in a more, uh, in a direction that's more in unison with the message, as opposed to the message being one thing, but yet some of the actions don't correlate. And I believe by changing things around, I was, I was um, able to, uh, to put it in a better position overall. And for the things I have mapped out, for the things I have planned, I know it was the right choice. And a lot of it has to do with also, I, I'm going to say certain things and I may believe in certain things that a lot of people don't believe in. And so it worked the other way too. I didn't want anybody feeling obligated that things I say may be reflection on them. Like I have a strong line with who I deal with, who I want to engage with and who I don't. So I didn't want anybody feeling well because I don't like somebody. They, they may be a little um, hesitant and interacting and engaging. I don't want anybody to feel that way. Everybody's here to do as they wish. Everybody's here to be comfortable. So this is the best way to accomplish that. Everybody could do what they want. And, it, you know, I even recommended um, for certain channels uh, that were going through different issues where they're getting attacked day in, day out by people who aren't lying to form. It's just nasty content creators. I, I recommended the hashtag enough is enough. And I see a lot of people are going with that now. And that's a good thing. I think that uh, those type of things are important for people in any community. They could come up with some kind of hashtag to bring people together to focus on uh, the core issues. And you could connect with a lot of people because they'll be like, hey, what's this hashtag? They'll click on it and they'll see all relevant information and they'll get an idea of what it's about. So all things like that are just good maneuvers to bring people together who may be facing the same obstacles. So in my case with Justice Tech Pros on the We Push Back arm, the obstacles I focus on is the lying informants and their impact on families, defendants, cases, things of that nature. So when we push back is, is um, hashtagged, people will see all relevant information and they'll understand what the message is. And then if there's related channels, they could kind of join into that by hashtagging we push back. It just opens up the, the reach that a creator has when you start implementing those hashtags it opens up the reach you'll get listeners who may not be aware of your channel but may have come across the hashtag so that's the concept behind it and i it's uh it's opened up 
it opened up a lot of uh, viewers on my side where I would get people who email or I get some, um, I actually had a few uh, law clerks email me, which I thought was funny. They're like students and they listen to the Justice Tech Pros podcast. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, they're interning as law clerks, so I, I found that pretty cool. But my point just is, the way they actually found it, that was my point. The way they found it was they saw uh, somebody's Twitter, I don't know who it was, where they hashtagged, we push back, and they clicked on it, and then that brought them around. So I thought that was pretty cool, and that just told me that the hashtags is a good way of expanding one's reach. And um, uh, the focus today was about those who platform lying informants. So I really wanted to just get my point of view across on that. And um, I know as I start putting together more of my clips from all these different uh, channels that may host these informants, I know I'm going to get a lot of creators who are not happy. And listen, it is what it is. I'm not here to make friends. Um, And the truth is, I don't have anything in common with those type of creators anyway, so I couldn't care if they're happy or not happy. I would much rather they don't like me. It makes my life easier. This way, we all know where we stand, and you know we move on. We move on accordingly. Uh, They put out what they want to put out, and I'll put out what I want to put out. But as far as um, stopping anything I'm doing, that's not going to happen. I'm fully prepared to fight any copyright strikes I may get. I'm fully prepared to go as far as I need to go to defend my actions. Uh, Whatever that entails, so be it. So that's where my headspace is at right now. I'm fully prepared to accept whatever comes with it. Now, what I do find funny is uh, some of these content creators, what they try to do is they'll try to dirty somebody up by their 13 degrees of separation rule. Uh, What they'll try to do is say, well, you put out this and then somebody said this who's connected to Bobby and Bobby's connected to Joe and Joe's connected to Zeke and Zeke's a bad guy. So that makes you a bad guy. (laughs) You know, I've seen that a few times, too. I got um, a few emails about that. And that's just hilarious to me. My my response to that is, okay, go with that theory to whoever you want to go with it to and complain. And when the time comes, I'll address that, too. So go to that, go with your 13 degrees of separation theory to try to, uh, to try to, I guess, have some liability at my expense. That's what they try to do. See, they know that I don't come on here. I don't threaten nobody. I don't attack nobody. I don't, uh, talk tough and what I'm going to do. That's all nonsense to me. So they know I'm not doing that. So what do they try to do? They try to say, okay, well, if he talks to Bobby Joe and Bobby Joe talks to Susie Joe and Susie Joe talks to Zeke again and Zeke's threatening all these people, I'm going to say Dominic's threatening people. (laughs) So yeah, okay, go ahead. In case you you don't know how the law works, that's not how the law works. This isn't RICO. This isn't a uh, criminal organization where you could tie people to one another under the guise of the RICO statute. It doesn't work that way. That's not the real world. So you could pretend it does and talk as if you know, you, you know, act as if you know what you're talking about. But again, like I said, do whatever you got to do and we'll deal with it when the time comes. We'll lay out our arguments and we'll see how it goes from there. We'll see how it goes from there. I'm totally uh, confident. And what I'm putting out, what my material is, I've uh, had a lot of feedback from uh, from people who matter to me, uh, letting me know I'm on the right, right track and letting me know everything I'm uh, putting out is kosher. So I'm very confident and I'm very comfortable. And again, 
I'm not in the space where I'm concerned. Well, if this one copyrights me and I got to defend it, I'm not in that space. If it happens, it happens. I'll, I'll deal with it accordingly. That's how it goes. I'm under no delusions that that's not a uh, possible peril of what could happen based on my content. I accept it. And when you accept it, you're ready for it. And you're not surprised by anything. And um, I, I'm sure it's going to intensify as I start to put out more and more of these clips. And that's just the nature of the beast. But the positive thing is that they don't realize. I saw the writing on the wall with this a while ago, and that's what created WePushBack.com. I knew that once I started getting more intense with my material, once I really started exposing, there was going to be people that want to try to take my material down. And that's why I created the extension of WePushBack.com. Because if they are, uh, let's say, successful in taking a video I've done down on on YouTube, well, it really doesn't have that big of an impact because it's going to be on WePushBack.com. It's going to be on all my other platforms on the podcast. So they, they succeeded. When you think about it, they may succeed in taking it down on one hosting service. In the grand scheme of things, I'm not concerned. That's not where I'm driving the traffic. I'm driving the traffic on the WePushBack.com. That's where the focus is going to be for my material, where it relates to lying informants, not just as tech pros. Um, but I'll have segments adjusted tech pros on the We Push Back channel. So we'll all intermingle and people will be able to find my material no matter where I put it. And that's that's my um, one of my basis's basis of strategy. Uh, flooding different areas, flooding Google results, flooding analytics, flooding search terms so that my material does come up. And that takes time. That takes time. You got to play around with different keywords. You got to play around with different things, but it's happening. I see the traffic increasing. It's funny. Not only do I see the traffic increasing on wepushback.com, but I've actually got increased traffic in um, prospective clients for my firm. Now, I don't know if it's intermingled. They didn't really say the ones who happen to call in. They just uh, found us on Google, Google search or whatever, but it all has to do with the analytics and uh, making some noise and bringing your skills or whatever you're bringing to the table to the attention of the public. And people who align with that will gravitate towards that person, towards that organization, towards that service, if you're putting out a service. Uh, it's about just being consistent and being accurate. And that's the key. So many channels I see, they're just not accurate. They just don't back up what they say they'll say things which is great but they don't provide any proof they don't show anything of substance it's a matter of well just trust me well we don't know who you are nobody should even trust me they don't know me only my friends and family know who i am uh people don't know me i have to prove myself i have to show my my, my material i have to put out my content and there may be people who who listen i'm sure i have a lot of people who've listened heard everything and they still don't agree with me they still don't like my my style. They still don't like what I'm covering. And that's fine, but I do give them credit for at least listening to it. I've had so many people, especially on YouTube, where they say things I've never said. Or they say, a while ago, I had that informant, that line informant, Jimmy Calandra, saying I threatened his kids. Never happened. Nothing exists. Out and out lie. Blatant, complete lie. And that's my point. They could spread lies. But when they go to the source to prove it, there's no proof there. So how credible are those people? I'm asking the listeners, whenever you're listening to any show, just for yourself, for your own pride, 
Make sure nobody's pulling the wool over your eyes. Make sure you're just, as I said earlier, trust but verify. You may like certain content creators, and I get it. You could trust them, but just verify what they're saying is accurate. It'll just give you a better picture of who and what you're dealing with. Far too often, nobody verifies anything. They'll read a comment in the chat, pass it off as gospel. They'll hear somebody say something and then pass it off as fact. And then you got a million people in chats running around with it. To me, that's all white, no white noise. I don't believe anything until I hear it for myself. I see it for myself. Especially if it's something important or something that could damage somebody's reputation or something that's vital. You want to just verify those things before you stake your reputation on it. I know it's great to believe the words of others. That's great. But don't forget, sometimes people make mistakes. They may tell you something believing that it's 100% accurate because that's what they concluded. But then you may look at it and be like, wait a minute, I see something totally different. So that's why, for me, it's not a matter of trust in people. And this, it's just a matter of different interpretations. And they may have a different level, um, bef uh, level of uh, percentage before they conclude something's accurate than I do. They may be like, okay, it's 95%, so I believe it. Whereas I may say, no, I need it 100%. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we all have different guides and gauges that we use. That's why... It's always good to verify for yourself and to understand things for yourself. Don't have anybody tell you what something is and things like that. And I tell you one thing that this taught me. I, I really, I, I'm glad that I had the foresight to understand what goes on with a lot of these content creators. And that's why I, I was very selective on who I'd engage with, who I'd interact with, because man, there is so many two-faced people people that one day they're your friend the next day they're ripping you apart one day they're having phone calls with all kinds of degenerates uh, and they're telling you no they're okay or you know i i'm just trying to talk to them this to me that's crazy for me to have a phone call i've had a few phone calls with people i wasn't crazy about but i'll tell you the truth and this isn't being tough or i'm not this isn't it at all i'm just the type if i'm going to call you uh, I'm calling you to meet. It's not to do anything, just to meet. We'll have a cup of coffee and we'll discuss what's got you so banged up. Then I'll make the phone call. But I'm not calling people to placate them, to tell them if they're good. Bad. If I'm talking to them, I'm going to let them all know how I really feel. And I've done that a couple of times where I've had invited people to my office. They had a lot of nasty things to say. Uh, nobody's yet to show up. It's pretty funny. Nobody's yet to show up. So I understand making a phone call for that purpose, to confront something, to handle it, uh, which, which feels right inside. Because as men, everybody has different levels. For me, I don't get any satisfaction just coming on YouTube and blasting and fighting. That does nothing for me. It just doesn't. For me, if something upsets me, I want to confront the person face-to-face. -face. I want to have a discussion face-to-face. -face. And either we settle it out or we don't. We move on, whatever it may be. But I'm not into the back and forth. Now, with that said, there's a caveat to that. Um, and I've said it a million times, a lot of these lying informants and their friends, they want the confrontation. They want to entice people. And if people would listen to me from three years ago when I said this on my podcast, that this is the things they were doing, a lot of trouble would be avoided. But a lot of people had to find out on their own, and now they're starting to get it all. They're trying to set people up. I've said it three years ago. 
But that's what they're trying to do. So you have to be conscious of that as well. You may have the intentions of just going to meet somebody to have a discussion, but they're going to twist it and say, oh, you're going there to harm them. You're going there for whatever. So be very mindful of that. That's why I don't recommend meeting these people, interacting. The best way to deal with them is not deal with them. Just do your show. I don't go on any other shows that I don't like and abuse them or insult them. I don't care what they do. I don't go to the informants channels and leave comments. I don't care what they do. It's irrelevant. I download all their information to help people and I house it at my office. I couldn't care what they do. I look at it to see where we could help people. Not to fight, go back and forth, leave comments because I know their intentions. If I leave a comment, that's going to be the biggest thing in the world to say I'm stalking them. Now, with that said, which I find very, very funny, funny, I had to block a lot of informants leaving comments on my channel. <laughs> so now, it, 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 that's just not my demeanor. I'm not going to be like, oh, they're stalking me, they're harassing me. But if I did it, oh, you know, that'd be a big problem. And that's what dictates a lot of my behavior as well. I'm able to foresee what their angle is. I've seen it play out too many times where they change somebody's intentions. So I have to be very strategic in my choice of, choice of words, language, and my actions. And I try to be very transparent so people can't manipulate, can't misinterpret, and can't change my intentions for their own purpose to either jam me up or whatever it may be. And for, for other reasons, I have more of a microscope on my behavior and my words than others in the space. That's just the fact, folks. Um, and I, I, I know that firsthand, but that's just a fact. So I'm very conscious of that. And I um, travel accordingly. And I give that advice to everybody. Before you say something, before you do something, just always try to take a step back and see how it could be interpreted and used against you. Even though it may have not been your intentions to, to come across a certain way, try to take a step back and look at the optics of it. Sometimes you have no control over the optics. There's nothing you could do about it. Other times you can control the optics by being crystal clear with your intentions and with your words. And I recommend that to all the creators that I get along with, all the creators that I engage with. Uh, you all know who you are. Just always be cognizant of that. Always be aware of that. Always be in the present of your words. Choose them carefully. Choose them wisely when you're in a public space. Remember, you're not just sitting at your home talking with your friends where somebody could, nobody's going to pick apart your words. Nobody's going to accuse you of some. You're relaxed when you're with your friends and family. That's not the case here. We're on a public platform. You have to be strategic. You have to be logical. You have to be rational. You try. You got to try to keep your emotions um, in check. Now, that's not always possible. Even myself, <clears throat> excuse me, even myself, sometimes I get emotional. But I, I, I overall have a very good handle on controlling what I want to put out there and what I want to say uh, to, to prevent anybody from misusing my material, from misinterpreting my material, and for changing the intentions. Now, I'm not saying that's going to stop it because they're doing that anyway, but I'm not concerned about that because all I have to do is say, okay, f cite me a source of where that took place. Give me a mark on one of my podcasts where I said what you're claiming I said. Show me a screenshot of my alleged comment where I threatened somebody. Show me, uh, that's the new thing where people try to tie you with the 13 degrees of, se of separation. My thing is, okay, show me that tie-in. Show me where I engaged with this person. Show me where I told this person to do anything. 
and, and a lot of people will try to tell me that. I'll get emails where uh, I'm telling somebody to do a certain show. This is a fact, and I hope the day comes again where I can prove this. I have never once, privately, publicly, in any way, on any format, not in IG, not in text, not in social media, never once asked anyone to do anything for me on any level, never once, okay? That's a fact. And I, like I said, I could say it, that's great. One day, maybe I'll have to prove it, and I'll be glad to do that as well. So they can make all these accusations and say, oh, uh, he's telling this one to do that. He's but that, That's great. That all fits your narrative. I get it. It's of no concern of mine because when the day comes where it's relevant and it actually means something, I have to prove it, I'll gladly do so. I'll gladly do so. So to end on this topic, I just want to say I want to be very clear. I never have and I never will agree with those who platform lying informants. Never. In any, in any capacity. But I will say this. I may not agree with it, but at least I understand the professionalism of it from legitimate interviewers, from legitimate media sources, like a Barbara Walters. or I hate to keep using her, but I really don't know of any other ones off the top of my head. I just remember her interviewing that rat piece of garbage, Sammy Gravano, so that's why she pops in my head. But if you look at her interview, it's very different from these podcasters who interview these informants. In their, in their crazy head, they think in some way they're, they're on their level. And, and listen, I'm not going to say anything. Just watch her interview versus their interview. Watch the level of professionalism she puts out versus what they put out. Don't forget, folks, you're dealing with podcast hosts who are drinking, getting drunk on camera, hanging out with informants, telling jokes. I have clips I'm going to put out where you have podcast hosts, hosts laughing about defendants. Uh, actually, it wasn't even defendant, just somebody from the informant's former life uh, laughing about the individual. He had some kind of uh, uh, nickname. And they were laughing about the nickname and saying they were going to get T-shirts made of the nickname and put it on shirts. Now, think about the defendant having to hear that, not say nothing about it. Think about the family members not wanting to hear that and, and can't say anything about it. And, of course, those would be like, oh, they could come on and talk back. Oh, so you expect grown people to come on your platform and argue back and have a public argument? Some people don't operate that way. So that's just nonsense. Here's an idea. Don't allow the interview to go down that road. Here's an idea. Keep the interview professional. You want a platform informants? Platform. But how about keep it professional? How about don't allow them to abuse people on a personal level? Have them tell their bullshit stories. You want them to tell all their stories where they're crazy gangsters and they're the boss of bosses? Good. Have them tell all that. Eat it up. I understand that fascinates a lot of these uh, podcast hosts. Eat it up. But you're going to sit there and have them abuse people, abuse exes, abuse women, uh, and act as if your hands are clean? It doesn't work that way in my eyes anyway. A lot of people I see on here disagree with me, and I could tell by the way they interact with them. But for me, that doesn't work in my eyes. I see right through that nonsense. So if they're going to have, you know, they, they want to go out there, they want to use people's images as, as thumbnails, they want to put people's names as hashtags, they want to bring traffic to their site or for, other, or for another individual's reputation or supposed labels that they have? Fine. But be ready for the opposition of that. Be ready for people to use those clips 
and add their two cents to it. Be ready for people to bring on those that were impacted by your interview and have them give a voice and have them give a rebuttal to all the lies that were told on your show. See, I'm ready for the opposition on my end. A lot of these, a lot of these who platform these informants, they're not ready for the opposition. They think they could do all these things and, and be everybody's friend and have their hands clean and say, oh, I'm just a professional. No, you're not just a professional. You're a guy who has a podcast and you're having your friends on to abuse people, insult people, and tell lies about people. And I'm... And I'm being very specific. As I said, I'm not talking about those in the caliber of the high-level interviewers. Like even Vlad. I don't like anything Vlad does. The guy's a disaster. He's always with these informants. He loves informants. But I haven't seen him build a relationship or rapport with any of his guests. Seems like he has them on. He asks them questions, and, and, and he has them off. Now, I don't agree with it. He, he, he must do zero due diligence because he has a ton of bullshit artists on his show and he has people who were never nothing in any supposed life that they claim to be from, but they want to act like Capa de Duty Capi on his show. You know, that, that's, that's comical. That's comical. You figure these guys with the biggest shows and the big budgets, they'd have a team of researchers that at least make sure they're bringing on credible guests. But I guess the views are more important than that. They just want to be able to put those uh, those um, headlines of mafia, organized crime, and all that stuff so they get the views. That's more important than credibility. But the one, I won't even give him a compliment, the one professional aspect I'll give somebody like Vlad, it seems as though, now, I don't really watch all the shows, so I don't know if what I'm saying is 100% accurate. I'd have to look at, I guess, reappearances or whatnot of the informant. But from what I've seen, it seems like it's like a one-and-done type thing. He has them on, he interviews them, and that's it. He doesn't really get in bed with them and link up with them and then claim to be fair and impartial. So he is... I was talking about optics earlier. The optics are that he's putting out as being fair and impartial. Maybe you got to dig a little deeper to see how fair and impartial he is. Uh, from my initial observations, the most I could say is that they're just very poor in their research and they're very poor in cross-checking facts with the guests they have on. And uh, listen, I think today was a little bit of a rant. But it was information I wanted to get out there. I also wanted to test out my mic. So let me know if this episode was loud and clear. And uh, the next episode that I'll be putting out is another Court in Session, Volume 2. And it's going to be the cross-examination of lying informant Anthony Zaccalillo. I'm really looking forward to that one. I was in the courtroom for that. So it's going to be interesting to hear it play out again. Uh, it was a very satisfying cross, I'll tell you that much. Um... That's pretty much it as far as updates. I'm going to keep doing my thing. Uh, I stay in my lane. I'm very selective uh, with those who I choose to engage with and interact with. And it's going to be less and less, to be honest with you, because the more I see, I see too many people that associate with people I want nothing to do with. So, again, I don't put that on anybody. I just remove myself from those equations when I see that going on because that's nobody's... Uh, that that's nobody's responsibility to worry about who I like and don't like. So I take that upon myself and I just remove myself. Sometimes it's just that. It's not for me. This person isn't somebody I want anything to do with. And uh, one thing I will say is a few of us are still going strong, uh, bringing attention to the lying informants. Of course, Mob Rat's exposed. He always stays the course. 
Kane Shades Unk. He's going to be doing a history, which I it's very similar to something I'm working on, but I like what Kane's doing. He's going much deeper and further back. He's just showing uh, the history of the lying informants' appearances on, on any kind of media, on news channels, on Howard Stern show. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. Mob Rats 1 and Mob Rats 2. Uh, they're two guys, but they're partners, and they all work on. They both work on the Mob Rats One Instagram every day. He's putting up stuff on. They're putting up stuff on Long Informants uh, on their YouTube channel. From what I understand, they're going to be doing lives, so that'll be great to hear. Uh, Assassinino, he's still going to be going, uh, bringing things to attention on the Long Informant Rats Inc. Uh, I hope I'm not missing anybody who's been focusing on the Long Informant still. If I missed you, I apologize. I'm just going off the top of my head. But my point just is, there's people still focusing on that on that issue. And there's some new creators uh, starting that issue uh, where they're focusing on uh, lying informants. And who knows what's going to pop up. I spoke to a few friends of mine. Uh, they may want to come on because they, uh, they're real friends in real life. So I think that'll bring even more unity on what I'm doing. So they're just not too familiar with the technology aspect of it. So I'm going to try to help them on that. But my point just is more will pop up. I know a lot more informants are popping up with their podcast. And for me, I I welcome that. I told you, folks, I don't want to stop the informants from talking. That's not my goal. My goal is to get their information, get their words, get what they put out there, whatever, whatever, whatever false information. Man, I got tongue tied. Whatever false information, get that, use it to help defendants, to help family in any way you can. So the more that they come out, uh, if if people are using the material properly and listening to it properly, it's going to be a good thing in the overall. It'll be a good thing for appeals, good thing for future trials and whatnot. So, and hopefully people get inspired and those who have similar beliefs as I do and those who are still behind we push back and still follow it. Maybe more will come out with channels talking about their point of view on it and exposing what they feel is necessary to expose. So we push back is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Uh, my podcast is here to stay. It's not going anywhere till the day comes where I'm just bored. That's all it's going to boil down to if I'm just done doing it. And I feel like I, I put out everything I could put out. But I'm not there yet. Still got a lot more to do. So that's it, folks. Until next time. You've been listening to the Justice Tech Pros podcast with Dominic Crea, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, discussing the obstacles the defense team faces when trying a case, what goes on behind the scenes during pretrial and motion phase, holding defense attorneys accountable, making sure they're fighting for their clients, the difference between textbook law and how things truly play out in a courtroom, and everything in between. And everything in between. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show and we'll be back soon until then find us on twitter facebook and instagram at justice tech pros to email the show with questions and comments it's podcast at justicetechpros.com till next time this is justice tech pros podcast and dominic crea signing off <laughs>